good to have just a moment to let the voices settle inside of us, giving us a good message. The choir provides a window for us into our deeper selves, even just for a moment, and God transforms that into a divine moment of encounter, and we thank you for that. Let's go to God in prayer. God, you have given us such a rich, deep, earthy story that finds such a wonderful place in your divine story. We thank you for the way you walked among us, for the way you taught us and healed us and loved us. We pray today as we share your story together that we would be mindful that it's your spirit that speaks to us, that our hearts would be open and our minds would be settled so that we could listen and that we could pay attention to the way your spirit moves within us. And we pray these things in the name of Christ. Amen. Jesus said that he was the road, and that's commonly translated as the way. He also said that he was the truth and the life. You can't proclaim the Jesus truth, but then do it in any old way you want to. You see, because the Jesus way, when wedded to the Jesus truth, brings about the Jesus life. It's a, it's a package. It's a package deal. You can't do one without the other. Nor can we follow Jesus' way without speaking the Jesus' truth. But Jesus, as the truth, I'll be honest with you, gets far more attention than Jesus as the way. Jesus as the way is the most frequently evaded metaphor among the Christians with whom I worked for 37 years as a North American pastor. The way comes first. You can't skip the way of Jesus in your hurry to get to the truth of Jesus as we worship Jesus and proclaim Jesus, although we'll try. The way of Jesus is how we come to understand the truth of Jesus, by living Jesus in our homes, in our workplaces, with our friends and our families. Sometimes it's hard to say goodbye because it's hard to wind up It's hard to try to encapsulate all that we would want another person to know before we launch them on their own. So as we come to the beginning of Jesus' farewell discourse, we see once again that the theme circling. This community of John, a hundred years after Jesus' death and resurrection, now needs to tell the world around them what it is they need to know about Jesus. And one thing they need to know is it's a package deal, the way, the truth, and the life. And that there's no separation between us and between Jesus. Jesus made sure of that. Listen to the words of John then from our scripture today. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. 
If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. And then Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and and then we'll be satisfied. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you this whole time, Philip, and you still don't know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Let me say it again. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. The word of the Lord. Let not your hearts be troubled, Jesus says. And I'm wondering who can endure advice like that. Don't be nervous or anxious or shattered. This kind of talk honestly is meaningless and normally to anyone to whom it's addressed by any of us. Don't worry. You've got nothing to worry about. You'll get another chance. Don't be upset. Don't be shattered. But here's the difference between us saying it and Jesus saying it. Jesus is able to provide the way to it because the question always follows. You'll you'll be able to, you'll get over it. How? You'll get there. How? You'll see. How? And Jesus is able to answer that. And Jesus says, as you commit yourself totally to God in a relationship of trust, so must you do to me. So in essence, Jesus is saying the pain of life and the separation and the cross won't endure forever. These things are temporary. There's an ending to them. So live in hope. The present will yield to the future because I'll I'll see to it a permanent place of abiding with God, many rooms, is in store for all who believe. The destiny in store for Jesus is likewise laid up for his friends, he says. He says that they know the way of his journey. But when he says they know the way, do you notice how what the immediate response is? The immediate response is anxiety. What? Wait a minute. We don't know the way. Are you sure we know the way? What is the way? The ignorance of his destination is what they harbor. 
And Thomas's response makes the talk of the way there absolutely pointless. And this is the kind of statement that is so dear to John. John loves this kind of setup because it triggers his best responses to those questions. In this case, it comes swiftly. Jesus says, they say, well, we don't know the way. What is the way? What are you talking about? And Jesus says, I am the way. Jesus himself is the root, the underlying reason for the journey. There's this wonderful quote by a mystic by the name of Catherine of Siena in 1346. I love this. She says, all the way to heaven is heaven because Jesus said, I am the way. All the way to heaven is heaven because Jesus said, I am the way. And I imagine that the longer Jesus talks in this discourse, the more the disciples just feel the evil and death hovering over the evening, waiting to pounce on all this goodness. The longer Jesus talks, the harder and harder it seems to follow. Wait a minute, what are you talking about? We, we're, we're, we're winning here. And it gets harder and harder to trust all that Jesus is saying. And Philip finally reaches his breaking point, if you'll notice, in light of these lofty claims that Jesus seems to be making. And he asks this simple request, well, all right, that's all well and good, but show us the Father. Let us see God and we'll be satisfied. And you know, I think that often we, we too can relate to that. That's not just somebody from long ago asking a question. We... I think when we're confronted by the powers of violence and death, when we're confronted with so much anxiety, what we need is more than words. You know that old saying, actions speak louder than words? That's what we long for. And in any collective crisis, even in a personal crisis, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for, when am I going to feel better? When are things going to get better? When will I be able to see and hear? We need more than words that are hard to follow and harder still to trust because we haven't experienced it yet. Even if those words come from Jesus. Finding it difficult not to let our hearts be troubled, we ask the question, where is God? What is God like? What, if anything, is God doing right now about this situation? In other words, show us the Father and, and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus is frustrated with Philip by this time. Have I been with you all this time, Philip? And you still do not know me? Then, then in no uncertain term, Jesus points us to himself. Whoever has seen me, now listen carefully, Jesus says. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Let's go over this one more time. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? In other words, we're getting close here now to me leaving. I, I need you to get this. The words that I say to you, I don't speak of my own 
But God who dwells in me does God's works. And Jesus continues to make his point loud and clear. The, the writers don't have Philip making any kind of response after this. None. But I wonder if the, those who were listening to this for the very first time were satisfied. I know that as human beings, many of us struggle with these words. Particularly during, during the season of life when, when they urgently need to know where God is and what God is like. We are certainly dissatisfied with just words, even the words of Jesus. And during these seasons of life when death and evil rage unexpectedly and uncontrollably, when our community and families demand to know from us who know God. If you haven't been asked this question yet, maybe you haven't been speaking your faith loud enough because you certainly will hear the question for others who are struggling with their faith or who have no faith. Where is your God now? The same question they asked Jesus as he was hanging on the cross. We've heard what you've said, but now what we're seeing doesn't match up. Where is God and what, if anything, is God doing? We know in our hearts and in our minds that accepting Jesus' way is the better way, is the best way, and we hang on to it. But in our humanity, sometimes we long for more concrete, something that we can hang on to, and Jesus understands this, and so he responds. He doesn't say, okay, if you don't believe me, what else can I do? But Jesus responds and says, all right, believe me that I am in God and God is in me. But if you do not believe this, then believe me because of the works themselves that I'm leaving. This is another way of saying, what is the fruit of my actions? Let's look around. Has there been healing? Has there been teaching and worship? Has there been transformed lives? Have there been miracles? Have the dead been raised? Are hearts more generous? Have the poor been more cared for? Have the vulnerable been more protected? Is there hope where there was despair? And that's the question that we can continue to ask. The evidence of Jesus' intimate connection to God has been there for the disciples to hear throughout Jesus' public ministry. Everywhere he went, everything he did, every word he spoke, Every person he touched, there was the concrete evidence. There were the actions speaking louder than the words. When words are too heady and distant and theoretical, we can look at Jesus' works because they reveal his intimate connection with God. And that's what we can do as a church. Are we just a church of words or are we church of works as well? Can we point to our works and say, if you don't believe what we're saying, look at what is happening. Throughout his public ministry, Jesus repeatedly declared the works that he does are God's works and not his own. That's, that's our story. The works we do are, belong to God. We're empowered by God. When we become a member, we say, with God's help, I will do these things. So with this, he declares that everything about himself, his words, his works, 
His entire being makes God known. And that's our mission. That's our story as well, to make God known. Because to know God, believe me, is to love God. More than God working through Jesus, Jesus dwells in God. And God dwells in Jesus and his works in the world. You know, Scripture doesn't say this about anyone other than Jesus. Anyone. That Jesus dwells in God and God dwells in Jesus. Moses is not talked about it. Moses is not talked about with David. It's not talked about with anyone else in Scripture until Jesus points out that now we are the body. And we have Jesus' works to confirm this. More than reminding us of his works, Jesus points to where we might want to look when we find it hard to believe the words that we read, when our hearts are broken, whenever joy and abundance replace embarrassment and, and scarcity, there's Jesus. Healing occurs unexpectedly, there's Jesus. Paralysis gives way to movement, whether physical or emotional or spiritual. Hungry people are fed and filled and calm overcomes the storm. Someone receives new vision, new insight, and life triumphs over death, and we are resurrected. We just celebrated our lives being resurrected on Easter morning, not a resurrection that happened years ago, but a resurrection that happens because Jesus is alive and we serve a risen Savior. If you don't believe it, just look at the works of Jesus here at SMCC. Because of Jesus, we have a hand in transforming life for people in Malawi. People we don't even know and whose lives have been saved, literally saved. Because of Jesus, lives of adults and youth and middle school and babies have been transformed from self-seekers to truth providers and doers of the word and leaders in their schools and communities because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, this church stands in the middle of a community of wealthy people. The toughest, the toughest population to bring the gospel message to. With a message of humility and hope. But we're here. We are here. Because of Jesus, we send over a ton of food to Iglesia de la Comunidad April 30th. Because of Jesus, we have people that pray and cook and visit and care for those who are fragile and vulnerable. Do we do that on our own? No, we do that because we love Jesus. Because of Jesus, we stand side by side with people who are opposite our political, cultural heritage, our race, our gender, to serve in the best interests of all people. We sit beside each other in the pews with people that we could no more agree with anything else on, but the cross is big enough for us to agree on together. The cross is big enough, and it is enough for us to stay in community together. So how many other things can you name that are accomplished or ongoing because of Jesus and in the name of Jesus? Never stop naming Never stop looking, never stop seeing. Don't stop paying attention to what God is doing outside of your own personal diary. 
Our assurance is not so much in the works themselves, but it's in the powerful way of trusting Jesus. That trust unlocks signs in a community that says we can trust Jesus' words. Jesus leaving meant that the disciples will continue God's work. Jesus' departure also means we get to continue God's work. We, we get to be Jesus in the world. Jesus' prediction of greater works than these is understood in many ways, but in one way it's understood as quantity more than quality. We, we have more opportunities, but also because Jesus died and was resurrected. He didn't have the resurrection story. We do. He could only foretell it. We can say it happened. Jesus' return to God makes possible all that could not be accomplished when Jesus was bound by his incarnation. And Jesus' withdrawal allows God's work to expand to San Marino community thousands and thousands of miles away from Jerusalem and that Galilee shore. The faith community's works are greater in that they point to the fullness of God's love for the world that are revealed in Jesus' death and resurrection. And that these, these are Jesus' own works and not merely a faith community's efforts is evident in Jesus' deliberation when he utters twice, I will do, verse 13 and 14. Jesus' continuing commitment and involvement in the faith community's works are guaranteed by his promise to do whatever is asked in his name. So what the Father may be glorified, I the Son will do. Trusting in Jesus' word is enough to ask in his name. Trusting in Jesus' word, the Christian community's power is immeasurable. Even more, struggling individuals within the community and people in the world that surround it will come to trust because of the works the community does in Jesus' name. Because we don't just go and say, we'll pray for you, but we provide we reach out. Our lives are open. We, we're generous. We, we, we have open house. We celebrate well and we grieve together. And the community out there says, wow, is that laughter we hear in a church? What's that about? Are those people congregating in the courtyard? They look like they're enjoying one another. It looks like they're doing things. Trusting in Jesus is more than ends in themselves. The, the works the faith community does in Jesus' name are part of Jesus' own work of making God known in the world. And listen, here's the truth of it. When you do not trust the words, look to the works because Jesus is there. Amen.